Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sailing and Cruising the East Coast of the United States podcast. I'm Bala Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. Hey, Mike, today we have a great guest on the show, Heath Mulveen. Uh, you know, Heath is in technical sales uh, for Seahawk premium yacht finishes. And uh, I've known Heath for a bunch of years. I actually met him about 20 years ago because he and I are both on the ski patrol at Gore Mountain. And uh, he... Uh, has worked in this industry for uh, 20 years, and he uh, helped me with uh, the bottom pane on my boat. And I thought to myself, you know what? He might be a great guest on the show. Okay, Bela, you know I don't know a lot about this whole operation here, but we're going to spend 30 minutes talking about paint? <laughs> yeah, and we're going to watch it dry, too. <laughs> Outstanding. We're going to talk, yes, we're going to talk specifically about bottom paint. So one of the things about salt water in particular is that stuff likes to grow in it. Salt water is very nutrient rich. So I've had boats in freshwater for many years. And, you know, maybe once a year I'd scrub the boat or when I take it out of the water, I'd scrub the bottom with a hose and a little soft Brillo pad and it's fine. But in salt water, it's amazing the stuff that'll grow and you say on fiberglass, what, how does stuff even attach itself to fiberglass? It's got, it's not organic, right? How does that work? Right. But it's magic to me. Somehow it, it grows. So when you have a boat in salt water, uh, you put all sorts of concoctions on the bottom of it, the part that's in the water to keep and prevent this stuff from growing. Because when the stuff grows on it, number one, it, it does sort of eat into the, to the fiberglass. And number two, it really slows you down. And on mm-hmm. a sailboat, when you're only going, you know, five or six miles an hour anyway, <laughs> if you lose a half a mile an hour, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So we have this uh, broken into two episodes uh, because it was uh, a little bit long. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, in the first episode, we're going to talk about various different types of paint, uh, how to pick a yard uh, to paint your boat and the types of things to look for. And uh, so why don't we just jump right into the interview, Mike? Sounds great, Bill. I'm looking forward to it. Hi, folks. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest, and that person is Heath Mulveen. Heath is the technical salesperson uh, with Seahawk Premium Yacht Finishes. And what Seahawk does is they make bottom paint for the marine industry. And Heath is an expert in that area, having worked uh, in that business or sector uh, for a large number of years. And I thought, who not better to have on the show Uh, to talk about bottom paint, because all of the listeners of this podcast, I know, are interested in bottom paint. So I invited Heath to be on the show, and he graciously accepted. So welcome to the show, Heath. Hey, Bella. Thanks so much. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you about it. Yeah, that's great. So just give us a quick little background on sort of how you got into, you know, the marine finishes business and industry. 
Right. So much to my parents' chagrin, after paying for a lot of college, uh, I decided I was going to go sailing. And I, I, uh, I got a job coaching sailing at SUNY Maritime in the Bronx and lived under the Throg's Neck Bridge like a troll for a number of years, coaching sailing and traveling around the country with the team. Uh, and during that time, uh, part of my job was taking care of all the facility and the boats and everything in involved with that. Um, obviously, lots of bottom paint got applied. We had like 60 boats to take care of. Uh, I became very good friends with the Interlux rep at the time because uh, I started my career out with Interlux, uh, part of Axon and Bell. And uh, that rep kind of brought me in and said, hey, you'd be great for this job. You should you should apply. And there happened to be somebody retiring, which this is a job where it's kind of one of those you wait your turn. And uh, when somebody retires, you might get a job. Or if somebody, you know, unfortunately leaves, uh, then, then there's job openings. But for the most part, these jobs are pretty coveted and, and tough to come by. Um, but I got very fortunate. My buddy brought me in. Uh, and to this day, we still work together, which is, is pretty cool. 14, almost 15 years later. Um, I've since left Interlux. Uh, to go work for Seahawk premium yacht finishes. Uh, I was working for Interlux and all grip for a period of time owned by Axon Nobel. And this past December, I got a phone call learning that Axon Nobel had once again purchased a company Seahawk premium yacht finishes. And now I'm back with my old brethren, uh, at, uh, at Seahawk, uh, at Axon Nobel. Wow. So you've kind of come so. full circle in the industry from that perspective, right? Yeah, I joke about it. I kind of had like a one and a half year work release program. Uh, and now I'm back back with back with the old team. And uh, it's pretty cool. We're still running as, as two parallel businesses. Uh, and uh, I get to still focus on anti-fouling paint, which is cool. I don't get uh, mixed in with the topside paint as much. Okay. Can you just give us a kind of a brief overview of Seahawk and, and sort of the various different lines they have, like from starting from, you know, the deck paint to hulls to, sure. to the bottoms. And then we'll focus sure. in on so, the bottoms. Absolutely. So, so full disclosure, we really only do bottom paint. Um, that's been our focus. This, this company was founded, uh, I think in 78, I think we're 40 something years old and it was founded by two brothers, uh, the Nori brothers, Eric and David. And, and they, they ran the company up until December of last year. Uh, and, and basically they've done a great job building the brand. Um, you know, I, I watched them go from, you know, stopping into my yards to, oh my God, there's 150 gallons here to, wow, I really need to work and focus on not losing business to them. Of, of course, when I was working with Interlux and uh, they make some phenomenal products and they've got a really great chemist and we, we've, we're really, uh, I would say we're leading the way in many, many different facets of, of the uh, paint uh, anti-fouling industry, um, even though we were the smallest family-owned company up until last year yeah yeah so uh other products right so we make anti-fouling paints uh and then we make primers for those anti-fouling paints uh we do some solvents and then we have a whole line of epoxies uh called hawk epoxy so we make a you know 100 solids epoxy that you could use for laminating and fillets and bonding etc got it got it so uh, i stand corrected uh you guys don't do deck paint <laughs> So it's bottom paint and no, epoxies. Yeah. yeah, very good. Correct, correct. So, yeah, so I work for Seahawk. Uh, we also have another, the, the, the parent company of Seahawk is New Nautical Coatings, 
New Nautical does have other brands within it that do make some deck paints, single part deck paints that are out there. Yeah. Um, but Seahawk is is the premium brand of those three. So is is your business mostly commercial or recreational? Uh, so interesting. Uh, I can go from calling on a yard that has twenty uh, foot runabouts all the way up to super yachts. And yesterday I was standing in a, like you said, a commercial shipyard with a 900 ton travel lift, uh, and, and tugboats. And we were looking at ferries and tugboats that day. Um, so the diversity of who we sell to is, is only limited by, by really the purses of the, the people wanting to pay, uh, commercial products traditionally are a little less, um, quality control. Uh, colors may vary because you're painting, you know, 3000 feet of ship versus 20 feet of boat where the colors need to be uh, appropriate. And as you can imagine, in the super yacht industry, those colors need to be consistent, spot on and exactly as they expect. Yes. Yes. So that's what we've uh, done. So it's very varied is, is the answer. But primarily the focus is recreational. Got it. So if I asked someone uh, who, who, let's say, worked in a yard, and, you know, I've been a long time yard manager. Uh, and I asked him, so, you know, what's what stand out? What stands out about Seahawk? What would they say? So I think it would be service and performance uh, and really service being we've got a team of sales reps that's out on the road hustling every day. Uh, we're calling on all these yards. We're providing services to end users like like yourself on Paradox, as I've done, you know, looking at the bottom of your boat. Um, so we do everything from trainings in the yard to make sure the applicators know their stuff, uh, down to problem solving and, and, um, claim mitigation, if you would, uh, depending on what, what we see. Uh, the one thing that I'll tell you is Seahawk is it's performance service and, and consistency. Got it. You know, we don't change our line very much when we add products, we add products that work. Yeah. So uh, let's take a deep dive in on, on some of the various different types of, of bottom paint. So what are sort of the different uh, uh, categories of bottom paint that we can, I could put on a boat like my, my boat, Paradox, a 45-foot yeah. sailboat? Excellent. So yeah, that's a great question. So uh, bottom paints. Traditionally, you had what people would call hard and soft paints, uh, soft paints being ablative. What does ablative mean? A lot of people say ablative, ablative. It's ablative. What does to ablate mean? It means to wear away, right? So we make paints that are hard, modified epoxies, and they bas basically release protection or biocides through leaching. Uh, and it's a little less controlled, and they work really, really well at first, and then you kind of have to scrub them to reactivate the surface. Because you have what's called the leach layer. It's that outer layer of, of uh, anti-fouling film, uh, which basically doesn't contain any biocide, but it has resin and pigment in it. Um, so th that's hard paints. And then you have this category of anti-fouling paints, uh, anti-fouling, ablative anti-fouling paints. Ablative paints uh, wear away over time. Think of them like a, a bar of soap, right? You put that bar of soap in water, and water runs over it, and you get a little bit of polishing. Now, you put that bar of soap and the water's running over it faster, you get a little more polishing. Uh, and the idea is basically that you encapsulate the biocide with the resin. And by doing so, you're getting new performance, new protection coming out of the coating sack 
all the way through the life of the paint. So as long as there's paint on your boat, you tend to have really good performance. You don't have to do that diving and scrubbing that's required with those uh, harder traditional uh, modified epoxy paints. There is, however, one more uh, category that's kind of new in the last 10 years, and that's this hybrid technology or thin film technology. And when we talk about that, we're really talking about uh, paints that uh, go on a little bit thinner. Maybe you get 25% further out of a gallon of paint. Um, but it doesn't necessarily rely on that uh, polishing. It's much harder, uh, a little more durable. Um, and typically, these products kind of fall into that middle price point category, low to middle end of the price range. Uh, you, you know, different resin technologies. And resins are really the key. It's not necessarily how much copper you have, which traditionally that's what people would look at. And in, in a hard modified epoxy, that is key because it's not controlled. So the cool part about ablatives and these res uh, hybrid technologies is that it's a bit more of a controlled release, which gives you consistent performance across the, the, the lifespan of the paint. Um, think of it more of a plateauing uh, curve versus a, a downward curve. Yeah. So it, <clears throat> is there a particular type of paint that if I'm a racer, I would want to use versus if I'm a cruiser? Sure. So within Seahawk, our paints can all, for the most part, be burnished. Uh, burnishing being, you know, uh, either, you know, sanding with like 300 to 400, working your way up to some people go as high as 1200 on the bottom of their boat, rubbing it with a diaper, you'd think, because uh, they think they're going to go much faster. Um, and you know what? In a one design fleet, that's, that's vitally important. Uh, we can do that with our premium products like Biocop TF or Color Coat. Um, we, we're able to do that with those products very, very well. However, there are some specialty paints out there from other companies like Interlux, uh, and they make a traditional racing finish, either ball to plate or VC offshore. And those are a vinyl type product, very, very thin film, incredibly, incredibly hard. The trade-off with that is that the performance may not be as good. And when you so say performance, I mean? when you say performance, you mean protection against growth. Exactly, Bella. Yeah. So it's 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 uh, you may get a little more slime on the surface sooner. But those boats that are racing professionally or very competitively, at least uh, beer can racing, but really they want to win. Uh, they will clean their boats before they race every week. So you want that nice, hard, hard, durable finish that's very, very smooth. Now, there's a middle of the road there by going to a high-performance ablative product like uh, Biocop, for example, um, where you've done the wet sanding process, but you are using more of a self-polishing paint. Why? Now maybe you don't have to polish, you don't have to clean your bottom every time you race. It may not have any slime on it, so you go racing. Uh, and most of the case, in most cases, you won't have any, any of that going on. Um, the, the product works really, really well, but again, racing paints are kind of a new, not new, but another echelon of product to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But your typical cruiser weekend, uh, sailor, you know, even live aboard, maybe, uh, they're, they're going to go with your, your more, what, what paints would they typically go and use? Right. So we make paints that basically go from, uh, and, Price obviously comes into the choice selection, uh, and we can 
we could probably use Paradox as a really good uh, example. Um, but we make paints that start at like $75, $80 a gallon and run the gamut all the way up to almost 300 and change a gallon, depending on how you buy it, right? Um, and, you know, that there's a lot of things that go into that that decision-making process, as you learned when, when we right. talked about your boat. Um, I, I, you know, so we have a bottom that that's in good shape, seemingly, and then you start to sand it, and you realize that, well, maybe it's not in as good a shape as it needs to be, and maybe it's starting to flake. So you may not want to invest that money knowing that your plan down the road may be to start over and blast the bottom, and you do that through a media blast process where you're going to go back down to the substrate, the gel coat or the aluminum and build up with primers, two-part epoxy primers to protect that bottom further. And then at that point, you may want to invest in that very, very high-end product. Um, but there's also areas where you just don't need to spend $250 on a gallon of paint. You know, in the Northeast, uh, you know, I, I, I live in Rhode Island and you boat on Narragansett Bay and we've got a short season, unfortunately. As sad as that is to say, uh, it, it is a short season, and our water is pretty cold in the beginning of the season, and it warms up. It was in the 80s this year, uh, but it quickly drops back off right around now. I think it's down in 68 degrees, some 70 maybe even still. Uh, in those colder water temperatures, you don't need to go to the upper echelon. You also may say, you know what, I don't mind a little bit of slime on the bottom of my boat not the biggest deal. So you don't buy the boosted product. You buy one of the middle of the road products. In our product range, we make a product called Q-Coat. Q-Coat's a multi-season, uh, ablative self-polishing product, but it only uses one biocide, which is cuprous oxide, which is the most common biocide used in anti-fouling paints now. Um, whereas Biocop uses cuprous oxide plus a technology to fight slime. Got it. And, and that that's kind of where your price range ends, uh, changes a little bit, right? Also, the mo one of the most expensive parts of the paint is the resin. Resin is expensive, and resin denotes how that product wears, how it polishes, thereby also adjusting how the product releases protection or cuprous oxide. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of choices that go into it, Bella. It's not a a cut and dry thing as, as we've discussed, it's, it's pretty, you got to really have a plan and know where you're going. Um, or just be okay with maybe spending a little more money than you want to spend, uh, or maybe a little bit more money to have that top tier performing product. Right. Right. Um, so again, that, that financial thing kind of happens there with everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the example you gave was we can talk about my boat paradox. So, uh, a year, sure. a year ago or in the spring, this past spring, I should say, uh, we looked at her and we knew we knew she needed some bottom paint. And we also looked at it and said, hmm, you know, we've got enough layers of paint on here that at some point in the very near future, you're going to want to uh, media blast this down back to the gel coat, like you said, and then start all over again. It's like stripping paint off of old furniture. At some point 100%. in time, you got to go back to the natural wood and build up from there. Uh, so we decided to put a lower cost paint on it to get one season out of it. And... Uh, Hopefully the boat got hauled today, as a matter of fact. And, uh, oh, congrats. Yeah. And kind of. Yeah. It's, sad day, too. It's a sad day. And hopefully it's going to get media blasted here this fall. And then uh, we're going to, you know, paint it in the spring. So 
it's a really important point you're making here is that you got to take the whole picture into account, right? So it's how you're going to use your boat, sort of what the intended use is, and also where you're using it, right? So if I'm in, like you said, I'm in the Northeast or in Maine, the water temperatures are very different and the nutrients are different than I'm from the Chesapeake Bay or if I'm down in Florida. A hundred percent accurate. Yep. That's exactly correct. I mean, it's funny, like, uh, my family has a boat on Lake George. I have a boat in Narragansett Bay. My boat gets painted every year. My dad's boat, while he uses a premium product, he paints it once every five years or whenever he can call me and say, hey, can you come up and paint this thing? Yeah. Again, it's just so different depending on where you do your boating, much like you said. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. So if I'm, you know, if I, I buy a boat, like I bought one, and I know very mm -hmm. little about bottom paint. And uh, I, I've known you for 20 years now through the, through the ski patrol. While, huh? Yeah, through the ski patrol at <laughs> Gore. Uh, so I had someone I could go to and someone who could give me advice, right? Sort of, un, un, you know, really good, solid advice and someone I trusted. Yep. But if, I'm, if I don't have that connection, how do I figure out what type of paint I should get, you know, et cetera? Where's, where's, where do I go for that information? So that's a great point. Um, we all have websites, right? So our, our website would be, you know, seahawkpaints.com. Uh, so you can go to the website and read. But even reading, you may get confused. And uh, I know you, Bella, you like to do your research. And I know you did some reading and you still had questions, right? So where do you go then? Um, all of our companies, whether it's, it's Petted, Interlux, or Seahawk, uh, we all have uh, 800 numbers that go to a tech line. Uh, that tech line may be answered by a person in the office who's an expert on the subject. Or, like ours is, those calls get forwarded to our phones regionally based on the zip code or the area code calling in. Uh, the nice part about that is somebody could say to me, hey, I'm, you know, Bella Musitz, and I've got a boat over at Brewer Cove Haven or Safe Harbor Cove Haven, I guess now. Uh, and um, can you fill me in? What do you what do you know about the area? What do you need? Well, where your boat is, is actually a pretty heavy fouling area. It's a tough area. Uh, and you really need to have some of those more tenacious uh, anti-fouling paints, uh, you know. Again, depending on your scenario throughout the season, much like you have a plan that you're going to blast yours, but you'd want to use that premium Biocop product or a color code or Q-Coat product. Uh, so, so, you know, you can certainly reach out directly to the manufacturers. The other, the other good place for advice is just right in your boatyard. You know, most boatyards are very knowledgeable. Uh, you know, the safe harbor yards are phenomenal. Uh, they're very, very prominent in Rhode Island and New York uh, and, and popping up more and more every day. Um, but even those mom and pop yards, they've been at it forever. And their knowledge, their knowledge of the water, their knowledge of what's worked, you know, they know it. They know what's on the bottoms of those boats in many ways. And they, they see them. They haul each and every one this time of year. Yeah. So you get to see the performance and they know what to recommend. And that, and that recommendation, like you said, can, is very much based or can be based very much on their specific location. Because hundred uh, percent, yeah, Narragansett Bay is a very nutrient rich <laughs> bay, right? You, there's a lot of growth in Narragansett Bay mm -hmm. and you can be a hundred miles this direction or that direction. It could be very different. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely 
you know, geographically, uh, it, it, the recommendation comes down to really where are you, what are you going to do with your boat, and then what's the goal in the end? You know, there's there's always that long-term goal, but the short-term goal is I don't want any growth on my boat, right? right? In the end, that's the simple answer. Right. Um, but, you know, most of the yards are pretty pretty uh, open to offering some stuff. Many yards will choose one brand, and that's what they use in that boat yard. Other yards will allow the, the owner to choose what they want. Um, and most are somewhere in the middle. Uh, but it's, uh, it, you know, so I go around and talk to all these guys and educate them and train. Um, but in, in many cases, you know, the owner calls us. And says, hey, I'm not really sure what's on my boat. Can you come look at it? And it may take a week or two, depending on our schedules. It may be the same day if we happen to be in the yard. Um, but, uh, you know, we're more than happy to come out, take a look, and and really work with the customer to, to recommend the right product. The other place to, to, to start asking questions is boat shows. Get out there and go to the boat shows. I know we didn't have many last year because of the whole COVID thing. But, uh, you know, boat shows are back and they're a fun time and there's tons to learn. There's tons of products to see and put your hands on. Uh, so getting out and going to boat shows is, is a great way to learn about the industry, uh, the products. Uh, and, and in most cases, you have all the experts in one place that you'd ever need. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about boat yards uh, and them being a source of information and knowledge. And if I'm thinking of getting my, my hull paint or my bottom painted, and I'm not going to do it myself, I want to, you know, have a yard do it. And let's say I don't have a yard that, uh, I use on, on a daily basis. Right. So, um, I'm a mm -hmm. tran, I'm a transient, let's say, right. Sure. Uh, how, what do I look for in a yard? How do I, how do I pick out a yard and say, okay, these are the guys who I'm going to, you know, pay whatever it is, thousands of dollars to, to paint and prep my bottom. Right. Um, so first thing, they need to call you back when you call them. <laughs> That's the number one thing I'll tell you. The next thing, uh, in my opinion, is... And, know, and you know, before, before you go on, that's a really good point because that really speaks to their level of customer service, right? If they don't, yeah. if they don't call you back right now, right, when you're trying to give them business, <laughs> are they going to call you back after... <laughs> Right. So. And that's the concern. I mean, listen, most yards, I'm going to be honest, my customers, I'm very fortunate. I have I have very, very good boat yards. Uh, you know, I cover a territory from, you know, the New York border in Connecticut, all of Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Uh, and and I, that doesn't really happen in my area. Oftentimes, though, sometimes you call a yard and they're just too busy to take the work and they don't call you back or they wait a week to call you back because they just sure. there's, there's no way. Um, so, you know, you, you want a yard with staff, but you want a yard that has staff that's not so big that they can't be watched and made sure that they're doing the job right. Uh, and, and, you know, I personally am, am, am a big fan of, of clean cleanliness, right? If you walk in a boatyard and it's, it, there's stuff everywhere, um, for me, that, do, that doesn't work. I, I need organization. And usually when you see how they put their, uh, you know, their front, their foot forward, right? What's their, their front facing, their customer focus is, you know, is it, is it organization? Is it service? Is it, you know, and, and each yard's a little bit different. Um, most boat yards, I would recommend and say, Hey, they can, they can apply it. Now uh, with Seahawk paints, we are a little bit unique. 
in that we offer a certification process for our applicators. So somebody like myself, one of the reps would come in, work with uh, the applicators, maybe the yard owner would be involved, uh, and we'll get under a boat and paint that boat with the customer. And we do the work with them and we use that as a training uh, to make sure that they know how to apply the paint and that they're applying it to the standards that we recommend. For example, with ablative paints, if you think about it, they wear away. If you put that ablative paint on too thin, you're not going to get the performance that you want to get for the whole season or two seasons. So it's imperative to make sure, A, we're using the right tools, we're prepping right, right? Prep is, is huge. That's your foundation. Um, and, and so you go through all those steps to make sure that the yard's doing it as we would recommend them to do it. Yeah. Now, yeah. we're not drill sergeants, but we're there to help them and work them through it. Yeah. So are there like specific questions I can ask a yard? Besides, are you Seahawk certified, uh, you know, applicator? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, that's obviously the simple answer. Everybody should use Seahawk, in my opinion. Um, no, listen, you know, I think it's, hey, can I see a, a, a job that you've done previously? Do you have anybody that you just painted for? Can I give them a call? Is that all right? Walk the dock. If there's a if if, if there's bad to be heard, yeah, it will be said on the dock. <laughs> um, you know, but in reality, um, you know, ask for recommendations. Ask them to see a job. Walk the yard with the yard manager or the service manager that you're working with and 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 have that conversation. Let them point out jobs that they've done and show success. And does that meet your need? Right. Yeah. Does that meet what you want? Uh, some yards take it so far, they make it so, so perfect. But that comes at a cost. Maybe that's not what you need for your boat. But it works for the guy that has a professional crew, you know, so it's it's a different you really got to find that niche that works for you and and what your desires are within the, uh, really what your goals are. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great advice. Heath. That's great advice. OK, Bela, you know, I was a little skeptical at first, 30 minutes on paint. OK, but that was great. I really got to thinking a lot more about uh, just painting a boat in general and the types of paint and uh, the relationship between the price point and the features of the paint that you choose, how you're using your boat and your location. That was all fascinating to me and it makes total sense, but I'd never really thought that deeply about it. Um, so, you know, that I thought that was that was really useful. But I'm also kind of interested, like, I think for smaller boats, don't a lot of people want to paint their own boat? Yes, they do. Uh, a lot of people mm -hmm. in the yard do that. And uh, that's why we've broken this into two episodes. Uh, because the first episode is sort of the one you just listened to sort of focuses on, you know, picking out the type of paint and the yard that and picking out the yard. And the next episode uh, is going to be all about uh, how to do it yourself and uh, different good facts and tips. And, uh, you know, both of these episodes are really full of a lot of good facts and tips that Heath shared with us. So uh, I think the next one will be great as well. So, hey, listeners, you know, thanks for joining us for another episode. Uh, we hope you found that our conversation interesting and thought-provoking. And if you have any questions about what we discussed, hey, please get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to hit that follow button on your podcasting app. And, of course, if you know of somebody that would make a good guest on the show, like Heath was, let us know. So until next time, signing off from over here in Münster, Germany. See you soon, Bela. <laughs>
All right, Mike, and signing up here, signing up here, signing off here from Chile, upstate New York. See you soon.